Welcome to Friendly Ties. This is a podcast about board games, and I'm here with my friends Nick and Anastasia, and we've just finished playing a game of Crusaders. Uh, this was my fourth time playing and Nick's fourth time playing, but Anastasia's first time, and I kind of wanted to start this off by asking, what were your expectations going into this, Anastasia? Yeah. Um, you know, so I actually own this game. I've never played it, and all I knew about it is that it had really pretty pieces <laughs> very important and that uh that it had this mancala aspect and i was really intrigued by this idea of using the mancala using the rondelle to place actions but then also being able to put these buildings on the board and then having this map that you explored and 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 i just thought the mechanics looked really cool did it did it meet your coolness factor what did you think after playing it that's a great question, Nick. I, I mean, aside from getting like quashed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for for those who maybe didn't watch the uh, playthrough, uh, Nick won. I came in second, a bit behind, and Anastasia was back behind that. But again, you know, we've played this game a few times. <laughs> you know that that is very generous. That was a very generous uh, a way of saying that I lost by thirty points, <laughs> and. No, more than that when you count Nick's win, almost 40. So, you know, I've been I've been trying to think, you know, I I can't quite sum it up quite yet. My I, I wasn't as impressed with it as I wanted to be. And I I don't want to kind of I'm hesitant to start there because it's kind of negative. I I just I felt that as cool as the actions were, I didn't feel like I figured out how to make them work for me in this game. And so that was at first interesting. And then by the end, frustrating. And so I, I wanted, I think I wanted a little bit more out of it in terms of that. And obviously I didn't play it as well as you guys did. It was my first play, but I, I'm very curious to hear what you guys like so much about it because I felt like I was missing that spark. I, I it, it, it just didn't come out. I mean, to be clear, I don't like so much about it. Like for me, it's a game that I like fine and I have, like, I like it well enough. There's one aspect I really like, which is the Mancala aspect and pieces about that. And then I have two or three gripes with it that kind of like, they're not they're not heavy enough that I'm like, I don't want to play this game, um, but they definitely get in the way of it standing out for me as something really special. And the the those things for me, the the main ones that stand out is I don't like the theme. I'm sure we're going to dive into that later, but I really am not a fan. Um, two is I dislike a game where you score points always every turn, but different number of points slightly from this to that. And this game has you scoring between zero and eight points every single turn of the game i don't like that administration in games and this one has it in droves so that really stands out for me as a problem um what do you think john i think that does make sense especially when you're playing physically because we were playing in tabletop simulator but you know when you're playing physically you're making a lot of change because at a high level you know influence is how you win having the most of it is how you win and the only way the game ends is when the the supply runs out so you're constantly you know making change pulling it out so that is important, I guess, as far as a game clock is concerned. Um, I I definitely enjoy the puzzle that comes from the Mancala aspect. Um, like I said, this is my fourth play of it as well. And um, while this is not my favorite game, I, I do enjoy 
how you can kind of plan ahead. And, um, you know, the actions themselves are pretty simple. At a very high level, the Moncala wheel, it's it's got six actions on it. And, you know, when you activate a spot, you then move all the tokens off, like Moncala, plunking one down, going clockwise. And then the strength of the action is based off of the number of tokens there. And you really, there's a lot of forward thinking, because it's a pretty solitaire game. Like, there are key moments where you can definitely get in somebody's way. But this is a game where you can, like, stare at this puzzly wheel and just say okay i do this that these tokens move over there that's one more that i need oh i'm one shy well how do i you know take an efficient turn to to get to that last spot and, and i find all of that quite enjoyable can we can we talk about the mancala a little bit more because it to me that sounds like where all the love is for this game and i do okay. think it's very unique i think it really stands out um i'm curious anastasia if, if you have the same love that john or i do before it but i have a lot of thoughts about the mancala and it, it is my favorite part I mean, I think it's my favorite part, too. There's a couple of other pieces of the game that I think I actually quite like the influence counter, the tug of war between the points, you know, that you start off with 200 influence. And then as you as you score more points, that is your clock. I think that's a really cool mechanic that I haven't seen in a lot of other places that I also like. Although at the end, that's also frustrating because your opponents, if you are losing, and you know it, it can be difficult to watch your opponents score lots and lots, (laughs) lots of points at the end as you run out of options to do, I will say. Um, But yeah, the thing about the Moncala though, and I'm curious, you know, to hear what you guys felt about it, but I, I guess I'm, I'm really wondering if I like Moncala's in general, because John and I recently played Finca and I had sort of similar feelings about the Moncala, although that one worked a lot better and I, I was really fun to kind of jump around on. I felt like this Moncala is very stuck. You know, I just, I, you, you never add tokens. You don't have a lot of flexibility in what you can do. If you get stuck, you're stuck and I got stuck. So I found myself really wanting to play Trojan. Is that how you pronounce it? Trojan? Trojan? I say Trajan, but I'm not Latin, (laughs) so I don't know. (laughs) Trajan, Trojan. I I found myself wanting to play Trojan really bad uh, at the end of this to compare it. And I haven't played Trojan in like five, six years. Um, But I I think I would go there before I would go back here. That's interesting. So actually, um, in the rulebook, it actually talks about the design uh, thesis of this game, and uh, Trajan is is where that came from. Uh, it's my understanding. It's been a while since I read it, but the designer played Trajan, um, or or heard about Trajan, and assumed that the Moncala would work like this, where you activate a spot right. and you get a power based off of the tokens, and then you end your turn by moving the tokens. Um, but then they played Trajan and found out that no, you activate a spot, you you move the tokens in Trajan, and then you activate the location where you land. Um, in Trajan, so it's you active, you move first, and and that I think was the design inspiration to make Crusaders a thing. So it's kind of like the inverse of how that action selection works. I have not actually played Trajan ever before. I've been wanting to. It's been on my my want to try list for since I ever heard about it. Um, but I have to admit that thinking about those two options, I like the idea of Crusaders better, just because you look down and you just you know, okay, that's you know, a build action with a power of four, that's a travel action of a power of three. You're not sitting there saying, okay, well, if I move these four tokens, that's one, two, three, four, that reaches the build spot. And in that case, there's going to be four build power or something like that. And, and, you know, other people might like that more. I just, I worry about myself APing with the options of having to think through the Moncala pre-activation. 
No, well, although you have to do that anyways here, right? Because you are always, the AP comes in always having to plan your next turn. So while it's that's easy true. to pick your current turn, you're then inherently always having to plan your next turn. And that's where I got really stuck where I was like, okay, if I take this action, where will the pieces land so that I'm able to take my next action, which created an overhead for me more than where do I move so that I can get to do what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, right, the, hilariously, the the Trajan-Trajan approach is the historically Mancala approach, right? In Mancala, you move pieces, and where you end is the action that takes place, be it the, like stealing or just your turn is over because you didn't steal anything. But like where you end is the part that's significant. And between the, between the two games, there is something more intuitive about, I start with this many actions in uh, Crusaders that will be done. Uh, whereas in Trajan, you have to kind of think, where is this going to end? And and often in both games, they have the same sort of chess-like um, thing that you were referring to, Anastasia, that it's like, if I have planned two or three or four or five turns ahead, then I'm going to be doing a lot better than my opponents are. Um, and if I just kind of like make an action from turn to turn, I'm going to get into a position where I'm just like boxed in. Uh, I think both games have that feel to them. One other aspect uh, about the Crusaders Mancala before we maybe move away from it is that every time you play the game, where those tokens are is different. Um, you shuffle them up and then everybody has the same setup. So I think while it's not like there's a, a whole new deep world of exploration for from one game to the next, I think it can definitely lead to different combos from one game to the next, especially if you played it recently like <laughs> like two games in a week or something like that you'd be like oh this game feels really different because now there's a you know, travel right before there's a build as opposed to a travel right before the crusade or something like that it's not it's not massive but it's definitely uh, a little aspect that i like um i guess also branching off from there there's the asymmetric powers uh, which frequently affect the Moncalas, and i know that both of you had asymmetric powers that let you tweak those rules anastasia you could skip a space and nick could double hit a space um, where did you land with, with that breaking of the Mancala rules? I mean, personally, I found myself being a little bit jealous of Nick's power because while I could skip a space and thus potentially build up more on other spaces, it felt like it still felt difficult to, 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 to build up enough things on any one action space to really make it worthwhile. And I think mm -hmm. that's just an inherent part of this game. I'm going to have to think it through a little bit more if I feel like in a game like, uh, you know, in the traditional Moncala sense, and I've obviously played more games in that way where, where you land is what you do. If I feel like it's easier to activate spots with more tokens on it because of the ability to sort of, you know, maybe pick a space with one and then move it to the next one. And then suddenly you're getting six actions on the next wedge, as opposed to this, where it never felt incentivized to pick up a thing with one because you could only do it once. And so right. you're always sort of inherently trying to build around. And so I found myself a little bit jealous of, you know, Nick's ability to double up because I kind of wanted that, that, that ability to build more on different wedges. And I liked my ability to skip, but, I found myself, as you guys know, and if you watch the playthrough, just skipping, always skipping the influence space at the top of my board and then hilariously at the end using it finally because I had I had skipped it so much and then it, it actually had built a, a few from kind of going all the way around. So I liked I liked that it messed with it and I think it's cool to have asymmetric power so I can, can do a lot of stuff, but I wish I liked it more. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the asymmetric power is, uh, in terms of the Moncala manipulation, knights or knight factions, like whatever the asymmetry is, is that we're playing, are cool. Um, those are the ones that are, I think, the most fun to play with and also bump into the danger of taking really long. I mean, as you said earlier, John, like I find this game to be on the lighter side of medium. If this game, if I didn't have a Mon- uh, Moncala manipulation mechanic, my turns would be like, five seconds every time but every once in a while in this game i had to stop be like wait where is this extra piece going um so it did slow down my play a significant amount but it also made me feel like i was making a lot more important decisions i find that when um in this game when i played with it when i flipped tiles over it was because i really wanted the double action whereas i found in the other games where i was playing factions that didn't have a moncala manipulation mechanic a lot of times i would flip tiles over because I wanted to do something like redistribute all these tokens. And the faction I was playing this game, I didn't feel the need to redistribute tokens. It was it was just a like little side perk. Um, so that was a little interesting to see that that I, I, I think that that mechanic is clever of like doubling up the action on this space and allowing you to redistribute because it does let you get out of holes that you accidentally dug yourself. And at the end of the game, I think Anastasia had five flipped John had three or four and started with one, and I only had two. And I think that speaks to like I essentially took fewer pass rounds, yeah, because I was able to control what I really wanted to do. That makes sense, right? Right, and I think that I was trying, perhaps you know, not playing it to the well. It's clear I didn't play it to the best of my ability, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but I did have a lot of pass rounds to do exactly that, which was, you know, trying to move things around and get them off different spots. So my manipulation ability, I wasn't using it effectively to really help me do that. And and some of that's just the way I play. I like to do things when I have lots of tokens on them. I want it, you know, but the game also inherently kind of requires that of you, right? Like if you want a crusade by the end, you need to have a lot of tokens. And, and, and so maybe we'll have an opportunity to talk about the muster power but um, I guess we could talk about the buildings now. Let's do it. That's really the ramp of this game, right? Is that the buildings, the muster, all those things that add to your action powers. Did you find that that got in your way? I personally think I just did it late. I think I, when I started this game, I started by crusading early. It seemed cheap and I could do it. And what I realized about halfway through is you guys had built way more things than I had. and I had not and the buildings really are where your engine is created in this game and i had built this little bank engine which lets you you know build for cheaper but i didn't really use it effectively to then build the rest of my things and i kind of commented on this when we're playing but i didn't build my my um castle that gave me my extra night so i couldn't move as freely and i didn't i didn't really john did a great job of building out the influence but uh I think I did it late. I didn't realize like how valuable mustering would be. I kept skipping it and I see with my skip power and I, I really, you need that muster to keep up with the, with the increasing crusade requirements. And so I found myself like at a mid mid game trying to build up muster power when you guys were already so deep into it. Pretty much every time I played this game, I've gone hard on buildings and I think that's probably because I enjoy engine building and it, it really is important i mean just from a, a broader perspective i feel like this is a game where you probably have to do everything a bit 
but then you're going to focus a little bit more on things. And I uh, early on thought I was going to be focusing on making buildings. I also got the banks out to give me more building actions. And I, I followed through on that a decent bit. Um, although I actually swung into a church strategy, which essentially says whenever you take a turn to just get a pile of points, you get a bigger pile of points. And, you know, points are how you win the game. So I, I decided to lean into that. And I feel like this is not the first time I've done that. It's honestly been a little while since I played the game. But um, I remember enjoying getting bonus points for getting points in the past. And I, and I did enjoy that in this game. But also interestingly, I found that um, I kind of petered out. And I think that that's kind of the arc of the game. Um, where I was, I was building like crazy. Like it, at one point, I think I'd build significantly more than both of you, and I had a pretty big influence lead as well. Uh, and I was starting to think that, you know, am I going to run away with this game? Obviously, you know, I did not. <laughs> I ended up coming in second. But then I, I kind of hit a wall where it was like I couldn't really crusade much anymore because I hadn't built an infrastructure for that. I'd been building a buildings inf uh, infrastructure, and I built an influence, you know, victory points infrastructure. But then it was really hard to clear off spaces because in order to put a building down, you it has to be empty and usually there's enemies on there that you have to crusade away. And um, and yeah, I ended up, I think, spending my last several turns, most of my last several turns, just taking victory points. I got a bunch of points because I had the engine for it. But um, I think I like how that ramp works in general. But uh, I also, you know, there's only four types of buildings and they're each kind of tied to one sort of thing. And, um, you know, with with... Only four types you're going to end up building a lot of the similar ones in each game, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you that the um, the game is building buildings, right? Like, it's a question of what buildings you're going to build rather than are you building buildings in this yeah. game. And you do need to do pretty much everything in this game. You can't not crusade. You can't not travel. You know, you, ha you have to do all the things to play the game. Um, and part of that, too, is because of the way that the tokens distribute on the Mancala, right? Like they're just going to cluster up somewhere where you need to take that action eventually. So it's just a question of when you're going to take it. Um, and then, you know, speaking to the like points thing, John, you said you like tapered out. I would say that like Anastasia was like on a pretty even level and I took a, a slow time to ramp up. Anastasia was like ribbing me. She's like, I think you're losing this game. Um, that's what, that's what <laughs> I feel any, like John's Any opportunity <laughs> I get to say that Nick is losing is a, is a, is a great right. one. It's, even it's if gold, it's, right? even, yeah, um, even if it's short-lived. And, and I, I suspect that probably speaks somewhat to the balance of the game, that there's sort of this like shoot up and taper out and, and take a longer time to ramp up. Um, right. Cause my, my strategy ended up being like, have lots of knights, lots of muster become like the crusade master. And when that game ended, I would have been happy for it to keep going. Cause I could have kept smashing face forever. Yeah. And I think you did that. I mean, you did that well. I think John built well. And I, I mean, I think again, you know, if, if this is a, uh, you know, and <laughs> me reflecting on all the mistakes I made playing this first time, I, I didn't really have a strategy. I went, I went deep in build and then also wanted to, I, I wanted to do both of your strategies at the same time. I built a bunch of banks, but then I didn't build a lot of stuff, which you of course commented on Nick. You're like, you're just moving around the map. Like you didn't bother to put anything down. Hmm. And then I, I think I wanted to crusade and then very quickly didn't have the, the strength and power to, to do that. So you do kind of have to kind of pick a, a direction and kind of go at it and i think i split mm -hmm. and it was your first game right i mean there's a you kind of want to press all the buttons that's how i usually approach first games and i think it's very easy to press them in the wrong order <laughs> i will say with this game i thought that there was going to be you know when i was 
uh, you know, watching your teach and learning it, I was thinking, gosh, there's, there's so many options of what you can do. How, how will I pick? It felt like such a sandbox. And I found myself really wanting some asymmetry to kind of direct me some goal cards some something. And I was glad to see that there were the knights, but when we were actually, you know, you know, looking at them and picking them, I love that they kind of manipulated them on call. I did think that was cool, especially at the beginning. I was like, oh, this would be interesting to play with. But I didn't find that they helped me pick a strategy. And so I I am curious, you know, what this game would be like if you, you know, if you had a sort of a direction, if if the Knights influenced a direction that you would go in, that they strengthened one avenue. I don't think any of them do. They all kind of have to do with the way you play, which is interesting in its own accord, but none of them are sort of like, Hey, if you were to crusade, you're going to crusade really well. Or if you were to build, you're going to do that well. And I, I think I, I sort of wanted that to help me kind of focus. Of course you can make your own choices, but, um, yeah, I, I agree. The game doesn't give you that direction. It gives you the freedom Like your strategy is going to be based off of what buildings have you built and what tiles have you flipped over. I have this distinct memory of not this playthrough that we played, but John had the travel, uh, travel, con- not conquer, what's it called? Um, crusade, travel crusade action. And every time I would go somewhere to to like make friends with someone. John would just come in and make friends with them before me. And it was like very frustrating. <laughs> he kept like taking them away from me. And he had so many like pieces um, built up to do that. Uh, and that like ended up becoming his strategy. And yeah. I was trying to like build and I sucked at it uh, because he kept taking and replacing all of these spaces <laughs> before I could. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. I looked at that play and you won that one too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think this Theme. brings us to a spot where, um, we should talk about the friends. Let's talk about Oof. the friends. I, yeah, man, I, I knew what this game was about. I bought this game knowing what it was about. And it wasn't until we started playing it that I was like, oh, I really, I'm having, I'm having a really hard time with this. I, I, you know, you think you, you know, you play a lot of games and you go into them and you think, okay, I'm playing the game, but man, I, playing a game as a crusader in this way where you are conquering different areas on a map and you and you're calling yourself crusaders it just it it doesn't feel good yeah pretty early on i found that you just you just you changed your vernacular right you just said it was you're just going into places and making friends because uh yeah you you had almost a a visceral reaction when it was like yeah you know head east defeat the enemies build a building and uh, (laughs) that's how you win the game and uh yeah it's it's off-putting if if you think about it and you know it can be hard not to think about it yeah i i definitely did i think it's very much uh, like game design choice so i want to throw an acknowledgement first in the rule book and i I went and skimmed the rule book before this game and i read this like there's this acknowledgement at the beginning where basically says look this is a theme about the crusaders and their history and like really we're not talking about the crusades we're not going to jerusalem right like we're not you know, going into holy war here or anything like that. But what we are doing is acknowledging that the Crusaders established a system of banking and they had these other kind of like economic influences in Europe that were very influential. And I was reading that and I was like, oh, cool, that makes a lot of sense. But then you go to play the game and the action is called Crusade. It's not called develop. <laughs> it's not called like befriend as we started calling Politics. it, right? Like 
Yeah, it, it almost felt like that idea was thrown in as like an afterthought, as like an acknowledgement. But like the actual design of the game still says I'm going. So, I, I, like we all feel like we're going and like conquering these these places, right? Like it's you're taking them off the board and putting them in front of you, right? There's even like a physical component of removal that's occurring as you're going through this process here. Yeah, and that you can't see me shaking my head, but yeah, that that is I think the part of this that made it really difficult for me that it, it, it I don't normally have this issue with games. I mean, we've played dozens, hundreds of games with all sorts of themes. And I, 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 you know, I, I'm not, a, you want to kill some zombies. You want to kill some, you know, like, okay, but there's war games, whatever this. Yeah. That kind of embodying that crusading aspect and you know taking over talking about being the ruler of this area or watching your suddenly making me rethink area control like i'm having a whole existential crisis over here about <laughs> board gaming um from this game no but i i mean look i mean it's it's the theme they're they are trying to showcase a piece of history i get that but you know even just looking at our board the way we kind of took over and the different spaces and how we replaced the named countries are the named things on there. Just that. Well, well, that's a lot. My question is, is that a success from a theme perspective? You know, if, <laughs> if a game, oh. well, cause it's not like the game is saying, um, go crusade and they were good. The game is saying, you know, you are crusaders and this is kind of what they did go do kind of what they did. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's putting a, a moralized uh, positive or negative spin on it. And so like, if it makes you feel that, um, does that mean it's particularly thematic? I guess my stance is that um, I, I would rather this was like a Concordia-esque generic feel rather than, because it is, it is a kind of like, and I don't know, I'm not saying this derisively. I just mean that like the feel of the game, it feels like a Euro. It like taps into a lot of the things that you know. So it has a lot of those like generic Euro components. And so does Concordia, which is a game that's very beloved amongst this group of people. Um, but Concordia doesn't have an offensive theme. It essentially has no theme. Uh, and this game could do that and get away with it. And it being Crusaders to me feels like it's, I think Crusading is cool. And so we're going to make it part of the game. And then we have players, myself included, Anastasia included, who go through and they're like, yeah, I'm like killing these people for like no reason, basically. And that doesn't feel great. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you, John. And I actually think that's a really interesting point to say that like in embodying, like in, in taking on this theme, it is kind of highlighting that, you know, the uh, the wrongness of of this and and so you know it's it's in a way you know showcasing this history and, and making us talk about it and i think that is important i just feel like and maybe you guys can you know you've played a lot more than me are there other ways to win because it feels like the only way to win is to crusade like i don't know if i could have played this game as a truly as a pacifist can you you know is it possible to win by just building your entire civilization on the unconquered side of the map i mean if that if that's the case and i would certainly be curious to do that 
I, mean, I highly maybe, doubt it. <laughs> but I, 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 I doubt it too. Just the way the scoring and the points and the yeah. things. Are I mean, up, so. one of the six actions is crusade, and the name of the game is Crusaders. I think, I think that tells you, that tells me. I think all I need to know about it. I mean, I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't asking the question from a position of, of, of thinking that it makes it very thematic. Uh, honestly, I think I would have no problem with it being, a, you know, trading in the Mediterranean theme, and I that would, that would maybe honestly help my perspective on all of those things because it is so abstracted like it's definitely not trying to be a simulation um and to a certain extent you know if you're if if a game is trying to cover an uncomfortable period of history there's almost you know it's almost good to have it be more of a simulation to like go into the nitty-gritty of 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 teaching that kind of stuff a little bit more whereas this one is obviously a pretty abstract game i mean well not it's not an abstract but like you know it's not it's very smoothed over and it's got a lot of elegant design decisions, which I like, which, you know, don't go, don't correlate with simulations. Well, I'd be curious, like from this play, what were each of your favorite parts about it? Or one thing you changed, one thing you really enjoyed from this play in particular. Yeah. Um, I, I, in this game, I actually really thought John had it like halfway through and I was just kind of, um, trying to do the best I could to catch up. So the, the feeling of catching up actually was very exciting for me. Uh, I know that both of you were like, oh, you always win and everything like that. But I did not <laughs> feel that way in the middle of this game. I thought that I was in trouble. So I was doing that, well, that, yeah. that itself was exciting. Um, I also, uh, in this play, I don't know that I've ever capped out the musters before. Um, so that was like a, a nice little like achievement unlocked that I pulled off in this game. Yeah, I think... Probably my favorite part of the game, this one play, is when I pivoted a little bit into the churches and I kind of realized that that worked really well for the things that I'd done uh, because I'd already done an upgrade flip to get an extra influence and um, my asymmetry was was pretty boring. I started with an extra upgrade, but I also started with one extra token. So I had 13 tokens I was manipulating and Nick had 10, I think, and Anastasia had mm-hmm. 11. So like having lots of tokens mm. seemed to go really well with like having multiple influence actions and then getting bonus influence bonus points for getting points it just like I, that, that felt like a good moment but honestly i'm, I'm wondering if that was uh, a bit of a mirage because i had a couple of good actions with those and i skyrocketed ahead in points and that was around the time where my engine kind of hit the brakes where i think i was <laughs> to go back to what we were talking about before where i suddenly had a really hard time crusading uh, because i had not mustered too well and i hadn't really prioritized those spots and um and it's really easy to kind of tap out whereas Nick at that point was very strong at crusading and just proceeded to do that. And you get a lot of points for that. You know, I, I would have, you know, I'd cluster up my influence points and I get like four extra influence from my churches and I get like eight points and that's my turn. And then Nick would like crusade and build and like the crusade action alone would get him eight <laughs> points. And then he'd also build something on top of that because of the other bonuses. And I think I just, I think I, I lost, I took my eye off the prize to a certain extent and I, I, I wish I hadn't. I guess is is the uh, the regrets. Uh, I wish I'd maybe tried to lean into that even more, but um, yeah, I guess I guess the regret is just not paying attention to the crusading, the, like, the mustering, like losing that. Like if the game had ended at 150 points, I think I would have won. So you know, there was definitely a knowing when to peak, and I peaked early. But peaking yeah, was fun. I, mean, you... I enjoyed it when I was right there, when it looked like I was winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you only lost by seven points, although That's I think true. this is one of those widening gap things. Like, I think oh, if yeah. you'd had one more turn and you could have gotten another 
influence action off, but then Nick would have just crusaded again. And then it would have, you know, would have built into that. And, you know, so it is a pity though, that you're not, you know, you, you did clear that track and you did that so well. So it is interesting that that didn't get you kind of further considering, you know, I think it's really interesting, John, that I forgot you had 13 pieces and I only had 11 because I kept thinking, how is he constantly getting those actions to pop off? Yeah. You had extra pieces because I did I, multiple times. I was like, I wish I had more pieces. Yeah. I wish I had more that I could cluster together despite my abilities to, to move it around. I mean, I only have regrets in this game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. So here's the question. You had regrets in this game, struggle with the theme a little bit uh you own this game you know when are you gonna play it again when are you gonna play it again like what are you looking forward to in that play oof well this is something that is perhaps should just come out now which is that i own a lot of games that i haven't played um <laughs> so that's not this a may problem be a anyone theme. knows about the game society <laughs> yeah yeah so this is definitely on my uh shelf of shame no longer uh, you know i'll be honest with you i'll probably i'll probably let this one go I, I think that just given, you know, the games that that get played in my house, I don't, I don't think this one's going to see the table. I would be happy to play this one again with you guys, honestly, just to do better than I did uh, in this game. I think that, you know, I, I'm very much a believer that if you, if you have a great copy of a game, I I think I have the deluxified version. It it should go to a home where it's going to see playtime and I'd be happy to move that on to some plan, you know, to a home where it's, People are going to play it and love it and enjoy it. So um, that's that's probably what I would do. But I think for me, my regrets really, I just really regret not getting that night out, not getting that church built early, not the church, sorry, the first castle, castle built and getting that second night out and being just trapped. I kind of got myself trapped in this corner. And there were a couple of rules that really stymied me. The one where you can't move past another enemy was really hard. It was hard to get enough tokens to travel. And I think the one that really got me, though, was, you know, I built up this great build action, but you always had to have enough tokens and that extra token to you had to have one token to apply to each action, even if you were doing a double. And that that was rough because I often found myself with two or three tokens, which is enough to move but not enough to move and build. And I, I, all I needed to do was I had, I had plenty of build. I was always overspending for things, but I just didn't work my, my building, my, my actual buildings chains enough to really be able to maximize a lot of my actions. And so I felt like not getting that night out, not maybe working my way up, you know, mustering a little bit sooner, knowing that I was going to be crusading and kind of getting myself trapped in that corner I was trapped in was, uh, was not ideal. So, um, it sounds but, like you, you know, want a rematch. No. <laughs> I do. I do. I don't like, I mean, I gotta say losing like that, losing on camera like that. It's not, it's <laughs> not fun. Not. <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. That makes but, sense. You know, you know, we all got to do it. This is this is this is this is this is real life. This is non-filtered board gaming. This, yeah. is, this is what it looks like. So I own it as well. Um, deluxified version. I think I got it on Kickstarter. Um, this is my first play on TTS. I've played um, I think three times in real life, and I think I'm gonna keep this game. I mean, like I I wish the theme was different. I, I do, but from a mechanical perspective, I do enjoy its quick uh teach like it's very easy to get to get going 
and it's also the kind of game that you can just kind of jump into i feel like even if you haven't played it in like a year like the the rules just are very kind of self-evident and and i enjoy the puzzle of the mancala and i also there's 10 different asymmetrical um, factions that you can choose so that's a lot of different puzzles you can like extra layer of puzzles that you can do like one of them is just like every time you move you move one less but you do other things stronger um one of them i think is every time you um take an action you do it at plus one but you only have six tokens instead of 12 and like just they're puzzles like that you're trying to like do the best you can and i, I do enjoy that part so I, I don't see myself getting rid of this one even though the box isn't terribly small it's not gigantic but um I, I think this one's gonna be sticking around for a while. It's a big box game. It's definitely right up there. Yeah. Nick, you don't own this game, I'm assuming. I don't. Happy not to own it. Happy to play it when people put it in front of me, right? Like it's one of those things it sits in the category of game where I wouldn't necessarily suggest it, but if someone said, Hey, do you want to play Crusaders? I'll say sure. Um, I like the the asymmetric templars are the knights feel different enough that like how you're approaching the game is a fun little you know you said that it, the word puzzle john and i think that like nails it like i do like the mancala aspect um there isn't really another game that uses that little mini game um except for trajan trajan whatever we want to call it um and it it interacts differently in that game so uh I, I would love to see this this mechanism being used in more designs uh, in the same way that Mark Gertz just went like crazy on the rondelle. Um, I think that this could be I think it could be like plumb for deeper design stuff. Yeah, well, but I think it would be really fun to play Trojan and compare it, particularly to your point that I can see the inspiration side. And I remember that when you said that, John, and I, I thought that was cool that he flipped it. And I, I do think there's some really interesting mechanics here. And I, I like that the asymmetric knights let you know, let you do so many things. I mean, I think Nick, you talked me out of the backwards night because you thought I would AP and take three hours. And it's probably true. <laughs> However, I would totally play again with, the, with those knights Cause I think that would be really fun to, play backwards or to have every action double or whatever i mean i do think some of those puzzles and to think of it in that way uh is cool it's yeah. it, it's, it's definitely i I, w I would play this one again um just probably not your copy I, but probably not my copy <laughs> and but it's so great because john owns a copy so it's true it's true. i'll come over to your house and and play it but i think that <laughs> Yeah, I, I played again, but I, I, you know, you, I, I think I would maybe retheme it in in the moment. I mean, I mean, you already did, just, right? <laughs> I did. Yeah, it's, we're going for peace talks. Yeah, every everywhere that we go. Well, I think that's going to pretty much wrap up um, everything I have to say about it. Any other points for you? No, fun times, guys. Awesome. Oh, thanks for playing with me. Well, all right. Well, I guess that's going to bring this podcast to a close. Uh, thanks to everybody who listened in and also to everyone who watched through with the playthrough. Um, as always, we'd love to hear feedback about both of these things. And um, the best way to do that is to leave comments on the YouTube videos for these. There is a YouTube video link in the description of this podcast if you are listening to it that way. Thanks for hanging out with us.